text that we have for this morning, I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles up to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. We're going to be reading from verses 11 through 19, Gospel of Luke. I don't know the number of the page of the Red Pew Bible, so maybe someone could... 852, thank you. Luke 17. Hear the word of the Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This concludes the reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. It's an interesting phrase in the midst of a horrific week, isn't it? The shooting at Borderline Bar and Grill, where 12 lives were callously taken, loved ones stolen from parents and friends. Today, as we meet, fires are burning, raging out of control, thousands have been evacuated, hundreds of homes have been destroyed. In the midst of my feelings of confusion and helplessness and pain, it's easy for me to have grief and fear and anger overwhelm my heart. How are you processing the events of this week? Some have lost friends. Some are friends who have lost friends. Many of you have had to evacuate your homes. Some of our homes are gone. There's deacons, there's elders, there's staff, there's congregants. All of us, all of us have been affected. Maybe you feel farther removed. Yet for some reason, the events of this week make you feel more terrified, fearful for your own safety and for those that you love. How are you processing this week? Tragedies. Tragedies in our backyard. And the the reality is we can't gloss over this. We can't pretend like it's not happening. We have to address this head on. Because for many of us, the last 72 hours have been hell. Hell on earth. When we come to church... Reminded that life is fragile, life is precious, life is to be respected and not taken for granted. And we also find ourselves on the 11th day of a month, right, that's dedicated to gratitude, to thanksgiving. And some of you might be asking, like, how can we be talking about thanksgiving on a week like this? Like, is that, isn't that inappropriate to talk about gratitude in this context, in the midst of grief? and loss, 
As many of you have been watching the news, if you were watching the news on Thursday, you would have seen an interview, an interview by a man named Jason Kaufman. He's the father of of 22-year-old Cody Kaufman who lost his life at Borderline. He was being interviewed, and in that interview, there was something extremely powerful that took place. In the midst of his overwhelming grief, out of the depth of a broken heart, spilled forth gratitude. Gratitude for his supportive community. Gratitude to the news anchors. Just say, thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. People need to know that I'm grieving and that there's others like me that are grieving as well. And then he had his father-in-law and his father-in-law just wrapped in his arms, just holding on to this man. And he's just like so grateful for the love and support of his father-in-law. Gratitude. Of all the ways this man could have responded, I mean, he could have raged and we wouldn't have judged. He could have blamed and we would have empathized. I mean, he could have cursed God. We would have felt sorry. But instead, Jason Kaufman leads us. He led us in the face of tragedy. Jason publicly stepped out and shared his overwhelming need. He stepped back for a moment and gave thanks. He gave thanks for the health that he had received. And when he could barely speak, he cried out, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. An unbelievable act of worship. See, Jason didn't just talk about being grateful. Through grief and loss, through pain and tears, he demonstrated gratitude. Billy Graham is quoted as saying, a spirit of thankfulness is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian whose heart is attuned to the Lord. He says, thank God in the midst of trials and every persecution. And if you received Pastor Drew's email this week, you, you read Psalms 34, 18, which reminds us that God is close to the brokenhearted and rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And what was true for the psalmist is true for those who have lost loved ones, those who have lost homes. It is true for you and I today. Will you pray with me? God of all grace, we come to you this morning and it's hard. It's hard for us often to say thanks in the midst of tragedy. And yet we come saying thank you for your grace in our lives. And God of all mercy, we cry out, have mercy, have mercy. Amen. So last week, Pastor Drew made us aware of this this reality called grace, this reality called common grace, the amazing aspect that God gives grace to all of humanity. And even now, in the midst of grief and loss, God's common grace is being poured out upon our neighbors. His grace is being poured out upon our neighborhoods and all around our city, even now. And you might be asking, oh yeah, right, Pastor, where? (laughs) I mean, where? Where's this common grace? All I can see is tragedy. You've heard of Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? 
often told this story about when he was a boy and he faced tragedy on the news. He said, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You'll always find people who are helping. At this time, especially in times of disaster, he says, remember, he remembers his mother's words and he's always comforted by realizing that there are still so many helpers, so many caring people in this world. See, common grace, God's grace for all of humanity is made known through those who enter in and offer help. Our first responders, our our police officers, our paramedics, the ER nurses and doctors who, you know, served so courageously on that evening. When all those victims were rushed into the hospital, they were there serving. Our firefighters right now, 900 in one location, over 900 in another location from all over, fighting, responding. See, this is God's common grace being made known through people like them. You know what? God's common grace is made known through people like you. Because in the midst of this week, you too were first responders. You were the ones who made those phone calls and made those text messages. You were the ones who were praying for your friends and crying with your friends. You were the ones who have opened up your hearts and opened up your homes. You are also first responders. And I I think it's appropriate for us to pause in this moment and say thanks. And show our gratitude for God's grace being made known through our first responders, those that are serving now and and for you. So can we thank God for God's grace? Can we please do that? See, when we encounter helpers like these, we find healing. But when we turn to the helper, we find wholeness. So this week, our city is going to follow the lead of many of our first responders who are going to offer practical steps so that we can find the help that we need. But today, we're going to follow the steps of one. We don't even know his name. We don't know his age. We just know him as leper. And all of us today can exhibit a heart of gratitude when we follow in step and follow this, this man's step towards healing and wholeness. Okay, so I'm going to talk about three steps. Just a side note, okay? This isn't a formula. I have to say this because I don't like formulas. So this isn't a formula. This is just a a tool for us to help us remember, okay? So that we can actually put these things into practice. So I'm not giving you a formula, but I'm giving you some tools. So if you would, turn back to Luke chapter 17. See, in Luke 17, verse 11, we find Jesus is in a region between Galilee and Samaria, the problem is that there's no such, re- this, this region does not exist. <laughs> Galilee and Samaria are neighbors. Basically what this text is telling us is that Jesus is walking through no man's land, a dumping ground, a land between two enemies. Samaria and Galilee, the Jews and Samaritans hated one another. And Jesus is walking through a leper colony. It's not your average town. He's walking through a leper colony. And if you walked into this town, the city sign would read, do not travel here. This place was thought to be God forsaken, void of God's presence, the last place that God would show up. Yes, this is exactly the place that God shows up. 
See, God in the person of Jesus Christ enters in and offers help. And when we encounter this helper, we find healing. Verse 13 says, keeping their distance, they, being the lepers, called out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy. Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. So if you're taking notes, this is the first step. You ready? You got to take the first step. You got to step out. You got to make your needs known. This might be weird to say, but I believe lepers actually have it easier in this area than we do. See, their deepest need was obvious. It was on the surface, literally on the surface of their skin. And they had to voice it. It was a requirement in their society. They had to let you know. Yet in our society, we're encouraged to hide our weaknesses. You know, we're encouraged to hide our hurts, hide our need. And sure, if you've lost a loved one or if you've lost a home, your need is obvious. But for the rest of us, we get to hide, right? We get to keep private. We get to pretend like our needs don't exist. And yet the problem, the problem is that healing only happens when we step out with our need. When we give voice to our pain and our brokenness, fear and loss, it's here that Christ meets us. See, in verse 13, the lepers stepped out and they pleaded with Jesus saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And we see this all over the news. Have mercy, mercy. Everyone's crying out, mercy. Our fifth century Desert fathers and mothers knew this cry really well. They had this prayer, it was called the Jesus Prayer. Lord, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. In fact, there's a breath prayer that we can all be praying throughout this week, which is as you breathe in, you, you breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ. And as you breathe out, have mercy. So I guarantee you, if you're like me, there are times where this week we are not going to know how to pray. I have not known how to pray in different contexts. All I could pray was, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy. Have mercy. And when we step out in need, it's when we step out with our need that we create the opportunity for healing. So that's our first step. You've got to step out. You got to make your need known. And the second step is that you got to step back. You got to make frequent and regular thank you turns or thank you turns. No? You guys see what I did there? I, I was, I'm really proud of that. Like, I've been working all week on that one. You don't want to drive past the grace. See, Luke 11 15. The reason one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. He turned back. And that's what gratitude does. Gratitude slows us down. Gratitude turns us around. See, rather than always looking forward, we look back and we actually go back. We pull a thank you turn for the mercy that we have received. You guys remember the skirball fire? I mean... It was just last year. It hasn't even been a year. 
since the skirball fire, right in literally our yard. How did you respond? You responded with hundreds of thank you cards. You responded with a ton, a ton of uh, baskets, thank you baskets. You responded by creating this 25-foot sign that we put on Evans Chapel. Do you remember this? Thank you, first responders. Like, we responded together in gratitude. We could have easily, once the fires were calm, just keep moving forward, right? Keep doing business as usual. No, but we responded with gratitude. A grateful heart slows down, steps back, and shows gratitude. And obviously, look, it doesn't have to be thank you cards, okay? It doesn't have to be that way. It could be a whole host of things. It could be a phone call. It could be a thoughtfully written email. We might even be able to say thank you in person to one another. That's an idea. Just throwing it out there. The point is, a grateful heart is revealed through our actions, our actions of gratitude. So let's just recap so far. We've got two steps so far. First is that we step out. We make our needs known. The second step is that we step back in gratitude and thanks. We take a thank you turn, a thank you turn. I'm trying, come on. It's going to stick one of these days. <laughs> Nailed it. Yet only when we turn to the helper will we find wholeness. Only when we turn to the helper will we find wholeness. This is our third step. Our third step is that we got to step down. We need to have a posture of praise, unrestrained gratitude towards God. Luke eleven fifteen through 16, it says, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God. With a loud voice, he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. See, when the leper turned back to Jesus, when he showed his gratitude, he didn't just bow. He didn't just kneel. He prostrated himself before God. Have you ever done this? Probably not in front of a bunch of people. It takes a lot of humility to lay face down, whether it's in public or in the privacy of your own home. But when you lay face down before God, you are in a place of humility at the feet of Jesus. Talk about worship. What an expressive act of gratitude on our denomination. We're not exactly known for being the most expressive in worship. I don't know if you guys know that. There's a, a rumor going around that. Sure, there's times where we lift our hands, you know, in worship, up to our waists, you know. If we're feeling brave, we might go up to our shoulders, you know. So. But if we're feeling really courageous, man, we get them up, right? Whoa, whoa, some might be saying that's out of control. What's that guy doing over there, you know? He's raising his hands. Keep him down to the waist. <laughs> but the sign, hmm, the sign of real worship is not how high you raise your hands, but it's how low you bow your heart. It's about humility. Worship is about humility. 
It's about expressing gratitude towards the giver. It's all about humility. It's all about stepping down from our agenda with God, our sense of entitlement for his mercy. It's all about stepping down from our self-sufficiency, our anger, and our disappointment. It's about stepping down from, the, from thinking that you are somehow in control of your life. It's about stepping down and placing yourself before the feet of Jesus. Because at the feet of Jesus, we find mercy. It's at the feet of Jesus that real miracles happen. When we encounter helpers, we find healing. But when we turn to Jesus, we find wholeness. And as you step out and you share your need, God steps in. God steps in and he will never leave you in your time of need. And when we step back and give thanks, we give thanks because we know that Christ stepped forward. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. He said that in tears. He said that sweating blood, but he stepped forward. We step back because Christ stepped forward. And we step down in worship because Christ stepped up. He stepped up upon the cross. He bore our fear. He faced death head on so that you and I might be made well, so that you and I might be saved. That's our God to whom we give gratitude. Let's pray. Gracious God, You've demonstrated your love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. You bore our sin and our shame upon the cross so that we could have life. You entered into our time and our space. You entered into our circumstances and you continue to do so. You are gracious. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy. Have mercy on us. Jesus, Calm the wind as you've calmed the storm. Put down the fires like you've put down the waves. Lord, minister to us in our time of need. You promise. You promise that you will. We ask that you do. And we trust you for you are faithful. Amen.